Folks, we did it. We survived the great Instagram Facebook shutdown of 2021. I'm very happy that I lasted the full five hours. I almost had to resort to talking to someone in person, to having an actual real-life substantial conversation with another human being. Could you imagine that? Imagine the lows. Imagine how low you have to go to actually have a human interaction in today's day and age. You actually have to stare at somebody and and talk to them outside. Everybody's in their post-quarantine attire, just a hoodie and and pajama pants and flip-flops. God, they're eating at a they're they're eating at a fancy restaurant like they they they're going out to do a midnight gas station run. It's just some 90-year-old woman wearing baby bop pants. You're too old to know who Barney is. Pack it in. Ugh, ugh. It's a wild time. The hardships that we have had to endure during this pandemic. It was it's uh it's unimaginable. Like other generations, the the World War One generation, like step aside. All right, I think it's time for us to be the 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 hard guys on the block. All right, you guys were just hanging around in your trenches. I don't know, hosing out people who had melted in your dugout overnight, and you know, that that's for the soft ones. Okay, I had to deal. I almost had to speak to my landlord. I almost had to make eye contact with another person for multiple minutes. Go. Instead I just I just slid my rent money under the door and ran off. I have other things to do. I'm kidding of course. I'm kidding of course. I just watched 1917. Very good movie. I'd seen it before but it's uh I'm I'm on like a World War 1 kick now. Yeah, uh no, the internet shut down a lot of conspiracies about it. Uh, frankly, I, I find it kind of suspicious. Uh, there, was, there was this whistleblower, apparently, the, the day before on the Sunday. And uh, yeah, and then the next day, all of a sudden, Facebook just mysteriously shuts down out of nowhere. And everybody's freaking out. Everybody's hashtagging. People are sweating because they can't go on Instagram for five hours and post pictures of themselves pregnant, watching a sunset on a beach in Cabo St. Lucas. Very, very turbulent. We've had to endure quite a bit. No, but I'm glad we survived. I don't know. I, I thought Facebook and Instagram always shut down, or at least like once a year. It's like an annual tradition that for a good hour or so, this is probably the longest shutdown, but for a good hour or so, people just kind of had to sit and like pace around their computers, getting all anxious. I don't know, they had a Zoom call to get to. Nobody can do that because nobody's communicating. Fucking Pornhub was down. Nobody could fap. I mean, these are end times, everybody. When the porn fap community cannot get their their skin flute fix, I mean, I, I think we're just, we're heading down a bad route. It's a hard... Yeah, I have no clue about what shut everything down. It, it might have been just some fucking prick hopped up on coffee who tripped over a bunch of wires and, I don't know, the building went out like Ghostbusters 2. I don't know. It could have been some stupid shit. It, it may have very well been Zuckerberg just flexing his ego and going, hey, you know how quickly I can shut this whole thing down? 
Zuckerberg is like the Joker without makeup. He's like he's like Heath Ledger. Well, there's differences. Number one, one is you know, but he's like he he's like the Joker who who doesn't smile. He doesn't show emotion. He doesn't laugh. He just kind of has the same straight sociopathic face. But he's a guy who probably could do some Joker type shit, put bombs on some boats flip a truck over, crash a school bus into a bank. He's a guy with that kind of power. And he could just do that just to fuck with people. He doesn't even, there's no money in it. He has, he has more money than God. He, he has more than fuck you money. He has, he has, uh, what, what's, what's, what's bigger than fuck you money? What's bigger than, uh, he has, I'm going to sit on your face money. I'm going to sit on my face and count my cash money. That's what he has. He just has that kind of, he can just dominate you while setting the world on fire. That's the kind of power that we're talking about with this man. And he has all your information. He has your, your phone number and he, he knows what I spank it to. And Just a monstrous man. Uh, you have to excuse my voice. I, I don't know if I'm breathing. My breathing's getting better. I had an allergic reaction to a dog at a show that I went to at my buddy's house. He, he does an, uh, an open mic at his house every Saturday. And it's pretty wild. Everybody just gets together, has a bunch of beers, smokes some cigarettes. And uh, he's got this one dog with, I don't know if it has ball cancer, but it's so old that he can't actually, that he can't put the dog under the knife. It can't have a, a like, he can't bring it to the vet for an operation because the anesthetics will essentially kill the dog. It's that old. So the dog just has this massive sack that it's walking around with. It looks like it's walking around. Remember the flail guy from Braveheart? That's what this dog looks like. It just looks like he had, remember the dad who's, um, uh, the, the big fat guy, his dad is that older guy, the older Scotsman who talks like this and he got the arrow in his chest and he's got a fucking drink a bunch of booze to get drunk so they can take the arrow out like that guy. He gets his arm cut off in the Battle of Sterling, which is a highly inaccurate battle, the way it's depicted in the movie. Uh, there's no bridge in the movie. The Battle of Sterling Bridge was a real thing. But I'm I'm veering off. No, but he gets his arm cut off, and he's got this big giant. In the next battle, he, he turns that arm into like a flail, and he's flailing it around. He's hitting all these British pricks in the face. Just an animal. And uh, it looked like the dog has that between its legs. And I feel terrible about it. And I feel terrible for my buddy who owns the dog. And he can't really do anything. He just kind of has to keep the dog feeling good and no pain and shit like that. But I, I, my point is, I was over there. I did, uh, I did my set. And I just, I was rubbing my eyes the whole time. And I knew, and I've been here before. These long-haired dogs are not my friends. I love them. They're very cute. I love the dogs that are there. But I just, my, my eyes started turning red and my breathing started getting heavy. So I had to fucking cut the smokes out and eventually just go home. And the next morning, it was uh, chaos. I just, I woke up at like 6 a.m. I uh, couldn't breathe. I don't have an inhaler or anything. I haven't had an asthma attack in, in many years. So I just opened the door and, or just opened the window, got the air in. Uh, and I had heard like all these other, like these different things. I don't know if it was Chris Cuomo when he first got COVID 
And he started talking about, you got to stretch your lungs out. That's the only way you're going to stretch your lungs. You got to stretch your lungs because COVID wants you. It wants you to submit. It wants you to fail. So you got to keep stretching. You got to stay active. And that's how you fucking beat this thing. So mind you, I knew that this wasn't COVID. I knew that it was just this allergic reaction from these dogs. But I I just, for whatever reason, I decided, hey, I'm going to exercise. Let me do that. Let me do uh, some cardio shit uh, in my condensed little apartment. Let me move the table so I can just do some push-ups, some sit-ups, and all kinds of shit. And uh, I thought that that would make it better. And uh, to my surprise, really only exacerbated the situation. There's some times where I think I'm highly intelligent. Other times I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm missing a few upstairs. I'm really not that bright. Maybe my grade one teacher was on to something. No, but it was, it was wild. Anyways, it was a good set. I, uh, I made people laugh and then, I don't know started convulsing either way um yeah a lot of a lot of hardships a lot of hardships this last week or so it's a lot to deal with we had to uh we had to uh i guess tolerate the many saints of newark newark or newark as canadians call it uncultured swine the lot of ya uh, yeah, I watched it Friday opening night with my buddy Aleem, and I was not impressed. I really was not impressed. And I was expecting I was expecting a lot. El Camino was very good. Uh, I, I didn't think it was the, the greatest movie ever made, but it was very good. Um, and I got what I expected out of it. I got a Breaking Bad prequel. It, it lived up to the spirit of Breaking Bad, and it was good. And so I expected something similar with Many Saints of Newark. Uh, with with the Sopranos, okay, honoring the Sopranos and the legacy of the Sopranos, and James Gandolfini, I was really rooting for the movie to be good, but there was also this lingering feeling in the back of my head that it was going to be dog shit, and it turns out the latter was true. It really was not good. It was just all over the place. It was unnecessary, and I'm going to get into spoilers, everybody. So I don't know if you want to watch the movie, fucking I don't know, pirate it, whatever, whatever. Uh. I it I don't even know where to get because I had so many thoughts. I should have maybe written them down. I had so many thoughts getting out of the movie. Me and my buddy, we sat down, we had a couple drinks, and we just talked about it. And that's what you do when you get older. When you see a movie, it's it used to be like if you saw a Star Wars movie, you guys would like when you were kids, you would go out and you would like you would reenact like a Star Wars fight and just pretend to be fighting a kid with a lightsaber and you do that up until I don't know what 22 you'd just be on shrooms while you were doing it but i i as you get a little bit older I'm 30 now you just want to sit and you just want to review the film like two premature Siskel and Ebert type characters so that's what we did we talked about it and my biggest issue with the movie was just like there's a couple people who've been saying, you know what, it was good that they made Tony char- Tony's character not a central character. They made him sort of a side-supporting character. Michael Gandolfini, who was actually pretty good in that movie. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good. Um, I, I, I feel different. I feel like if, I, if I'm seeing a Tony Soprano prequel or a movie about how Tony Soprano got into the mafia, I want Tony Soprano to be the central character. I want it to be about him. I want every scene to be Tony Soprano. And you would just see him, he'd kind of come into the movie and then he'd leave. And he'd have a funny little scene where there'd be like a name drop and it would just be like, 
and, and, and I don't know. I'm I I don't know how to do the kids' voice. So I'll just do Tony. He's like, no, Carmella, no, don't. You, you just have these these weird name drops. No, Car no, Carmella, Carmella, stand back. Yeah, Audie, Audie. I'm not even doing a perfect Tony, but you you know what I. Mean. And uh, some of the younger versions of the characters, everybody's memeing them. They're memeing the guy who plays Silvio. They're memeing the guy who plays Polly. Yeah, I mean, with good reason. They just seem like like characters, like caricatures, cartoon caricatures of these these great, memorable, in depth characters that were that were amazing on the show. Some of the better TV characters, supporting characters ever, just turned into these weird cartoon drawings, right? They almost seem like SNL impressions or Mad TV whenever they would spoof The Sopranos and you would have Bill Hader coming on like, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, like that. That's what it felt like. Every time those guys spoke a line or even entered the room, the audience that I was in with the theater, they would just erupt in laughter because they, they they didn't care about what the guys were saying. They were just like, oh, these, oh he's playing Silvio. Oh, look at his, he's a bald guy. Oh, my, oh, hey, oh, hey, hey. So it was a lot of that shit, and I just found it unnecessary. Uh, the guy who plays Dickie is very good in it, though. I will say uh, Alessandro Nivola, who was Billy in Jurassic Park 3, for uh, any JP3 fans, uh, for the four of you that are out there. Uh, he was he was good. A hateable character. Yeah, actually, that that's one of the better aspects of the movie, was he is such a reprehensible human being, yet you actually give a shit about him. You actually care about him a little bit you're kind of invested he cares about his family he cares about tony his nephew uh he cares about his gumar for a little bit <laughs> uh he cares about it yeah and he's this guy and then he, he'll do he will do something in the movie where you're kind of you snap out of it and you go oh yeah okay he's a fucking absolute monster of a person so it's good when people have those multi-dimensions, I guess. Uh, and the guy Leslie Odom Jr., he was good in that too. He played Harold. He played, because um, it's supposed to be a movie about um, the the black community in Newark versus the Italian community. And he's a member of the black community. And he's like kind of, he descends into crime. And there's not really an arc to his character, but it's it's interesting. It was a really good performance. Uh, yeah, and it's just two crime syndicates kind of, you know, going back and forth. It's like it's like Romeo and Juliet, but for, hey, oh, hey, oh, you know. Uh, yeah. Seinfeld's back on Netflix. Uh, I, You know what? I grew up listening to, Se or watching Seinfeld. I grew up listening to Seinfeld's stand-up. Uh, still, you know, I've watched a few episodes now. I've just kind of gone alternated between the... I, I'm not watching anything in chronological order. I'm, I've seen it so many times. I can just, you know, if I feel like watching the Sponges episode, I'll watch that. If I feel like watching the Puerto Rican Day Parade episode, I'll watch that later. I uh, I still think it's the greatest sitcom of all time. The writing throughout the sitcom is fantastic. Those cutaways of Seinfeld stand-up, um, I have to say, dated absolute like corny shit it's cringeworthy some of it where you're going and it's not even done for the show a lot of that that he was doing in the cutaways 
doing stand-up, th- that was his actual material that he would do on The Tonight Show, that he would do in his special, that he would do. So it was really weird to see. Yeah, he's just up there talking about, like, it, it's just really, like, talk about cartoony. It's just him going, why? Why, when you buy shoes, are you? Is there a mirror on the floor? Do we care about what cats think about these shoes? Why? Why does every pair of shoes cost five hundred and fifty dollars? Why do I have to take out a second mortgage on my home to buy some Air Jordans? Why? Why? Why do I have to start selling myself in an alleyway? To buy, to buy a new pair of Nikes? Can somebody tell me why? Yeah, and it just kind of goes on and on and on, and you're just you're watching it, and you're just like, oh, come on, dude! One of the greatest stand-ups of all time, fantastic television writer. His character, you know, bad actor, but just you know, it was a memorable character. He was very funny on Seinfeld. He was a great straight man. He was the guy who was just kind of there reacting to the insanity of the other three characters and all the bullshit that they would get themselves into. And he was just, uh, yeah. Terrific, but it's just, it's so weird to see him doing the... I will say that the police sketch artist has to be the most interesting job in the police precinct. Why? You ever notice that when you're... What's the deal with your your parents when you're a young boy? Why? Why don't they let you have a cookie after 8 p.m.? Now that I'm grown up, I can I can eat all the cookies I want. I go outside my parents' home and I just sit and and have some uh and have have I sit with my Keebler elves. I sit with my Keebler cookies. I just sit on their lawn. And I stay for the weekend. I don't even go to the bathroom. I take a shit right on the grills. Why? Why can't you do that? Why can't people do bathrooms like they do in Turkey? Where you just have multiple toilets outdoors in the street. It seems like it'd be more productive. You're on your way to work, you gotta go. You don't have to wait in in the hallway of, of a of a dilapidated Starbucks in a bad neighborhood. You can just you can just go in the middle of the sidewalk. Why does life have to be so complicated? Why can't I normalize defecating in public? <laughs> oh man speaking of great stand-ups uh, <laughs> uh Chappelle's new special I'm not gonna go on too long about it everybody's said what I've wanted to say uh, fantastic special uh great great it's called the closer and uh it it lives up to the name it is it was a great closer to his Netflix run uh the story that he tells about that woman Daphne is fucking incredible and uh, that's one of his more memorable moments that he's had on stage or on his show or just in in his career. In my opinion, that was just incredible. Uh, I'm not it just came out yesterday, so I'm not going to get into too much of it. I won't spoil that. The, the many saints of Newark, I need to save as many people as I possibly can from watching that film. Uh, yeah, just a disappointment. But Chappelle's special, The Closer on Netflix, that mother like he just does not bend the knee. He just doesn't. He's very similar to Norm in that way, 
where he's just defiant. It's like, I almost feel like Dave Chappelle is like Maximus from Gladiator, right? In Gladiator, Rome is going through a new like revolution where they're trying to bring back like a republic and they're trying to do like, you know, so it's going through this phase of change. And I feel like the comedy world and society in general is going through a change where you're not allowed to talk about certain things or you're at least frowned upon if you talk about them or if you say certain things, you're attacked online. And out of nowhere, Dave Chappelle just fucking comes out of out of retirement. He's out of his hiatus and he just comes back and he's just ripping into everything, every hot button topic, every fucking thing. Very similar to what Maximus did coming to the Colosseum. He just defied the emperor who didn't want to bring back the Republic. And I, that's, uh, I don't know, probably a bit of a pretentious comparison, but that's who I am. That's who I am, baby. Yeah, great special, The Closer. Dave, uh, probably my favorite comic working right now. Uh, I aspire. If, if I had a, a, a an inkling, or not an inkling, if I had a little, like a decimal percentage of his talent, so I'm, I'm trying to humble myself, all right? I'm trying to sound humble. Uh, I guess I'll close with that. This is the first movie that I... Movies and TV shows. I, I haven't really reviewed any of them in a few episodes, but... I gotta say, I was looking through the updated version of... Uh, the updated edition of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Uh, I don't know what fucking bet someone lost to humiliate themselves like writing out that list it was preposterous where some of those songs play some of them don't even deserve to be on the list hotline bling is with like within the top 100 it like i maybe a couple drake songs can squeeze on there but hotline bling was just like it's it's literally doctor's office waiting room music for people with STDs. Like it is just it's it's an annoying song. And I'm a fan of Drake. And then the top 10 was just I can't even I I I I don't want to read it because it's just going to make me angry. Hey ya is like number 9 or whatever. Hey ya is a really good song. It's a one of the songs that defy but again it's it's a it's an eighth grade Valentine's Day dance song, all right? The amount of, of kids, the amount of teenage breakups I witnessed while that song played in the background as a kid, I, I, I can't count them. It's a wonderful song, but it is not in the 10 greatest songs of all time. It's the same thing with like Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On, like, you know, very good song, probably not the top 10. And Billie Eilish was on there with like two or three songs. It's like, she's she's like 20. And is she even that good? She doesn't even do heroin. Those are the, be- those are the best artists, the ones that are just like, they've, they've descended into the bowels of like, and, and it's terrible to say, but a lot of like the drugs that they do, and don't do drugs, okay? Not good, okay? I'm not gonna say that. But the drug, the, the drugs fucking brought the creativity, the creative juices out of them, right? Like some of the greatest artists of all time were guys who were just, they were just doing a show and then snorting horse tranquilizer off a dead body backstage. Like Motley Crue, I'm pretty sure would do, they would do like a weekend run in Vegas and then just hop in a plane and say, 
hey, uh, surprise us. And then they would wake up in, in Zimbabwe with the tail of their plane poking out of a lake. And they would just be like, well, I guess we're, we're here. Uh, I don't know. Let's uh, see if we can catch the train. That was a wild one, boys. Somebody wake up Tommy. Tommy? Tommy? Yeah. No, those were the best artists. Those were the best ones. Those were the they were the ones who would do like just a they would they would write great music, perform great music, and then go on a fucking 8-week bender in the Balkans. They would wake up on a raft in the Caspian Sea. I'm sorry about what I said about Billie Eilish. I think she's um, I think she's very talented. All right, everybody, calm down. I don't want her on doing drugs or anything like that. It's just it happens to be the greatest art. Eminem, at his height, some of his best work was when he was just popping pills. And now you see him; he's just rapping about what he's. I don't know. He's just rapping about you know having pillow fights with Machine Gun Kelly. And I'm like, this is where's where's the Eminem from 2002, where he was just he was talking about Vicodin and uh, car trunks, his affinity for car trunks. I miss him, but I'm glad he's clean. Okay, everybody, relax. Maybe have a beer, Eminem. Just loosen up a little bit. Just you know. Get in that mood. Get back to get back to two get back to Marshall Mathers LP Eminem, you know? The guy who just didn't give a shit. I just don't give a fuck. That was Slim Shady, but that was you know, get back into that realm where you're talking about, you know. <laughs> Being the real Slim Shady and sitting between Christina Aguilera and Fred Durst and hear him argue. Oh, no, Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue about who who she gave head to first. You know, a Coors Light will do that to you. It'll get you back into that zone. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Um... Anyways, yeah, no drugs, just everybody. I don't know, what the fuck, who gives a shit? Um, Something's Odd Podcast, everybody. Don't forget, uh, follow on Spotify. Uh, get me on Instagram, Something's Off Alex DeWitt. Uh, and like and subscribe. Like this, if you see it on Instagram. Uh, and don't forget to watch, we're in Halloween season now. Uh, don't forget to watch Stagger, a short horror film directed by me. Uh, and worked on by a few other buddies. Uh, this is a fun one. Thank you.